Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello and welcome to Coding the Future. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, and I am so honored to have you back with us for another week and for another amazing conversation. Coding the Future focuses on showcasing individuals that are in our industry that are doing creative concepts with technology, business, and growing their careers both personally and professionally. Our goal is to show you actionable items. Well, let's not say show. Well, we're going to say show, but you're going to hear (laughs) actionable items that you can then put in place and hopefully help move your own career forward. If you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had thus far, or if you're new to the show and you enjoy what you hear, please hit subscribe on the Voice American Network and share with others because... The way we grow and reach more audience and reach more people like you is if you share the content and you enjoy it and you're able to actually take some of the recommendations and make action out of them. So I am honored to have you here with me. I'm honored for you to hear about the work that I do with my own consulting business, The Dot, and with my nonprofit, Dottie Rose Foundation. All of those pieces center around integrating computer science elevating tech and changing the conversation around the stigma of technology in the workforce. Today, I am really excited because this particular um, email came across my desk about a company that uh, has been started via Zoom that I just learned, but is doing good in the world by not only creating a product, but using technology to help elevate that project and then giving back to better our communities through uh, donating to nonprofits that are doing or changing the world. So I have the privilege of speaking today with the CEO of Cicada, Nadav, and he is here with me. And actually, um, we were just having a quick chat before, and I said, are you here in the U.S. or are you back in Israel? And he said, I'm here in the U.S. So I'm excited that he's here and that we get to have an amazing conversation about his company, where he's been, where he's going, and how you can also inspire to create your own company or help support what his mission is. So Nadav, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sharon Jones. I'm very excited to be here. I'm honored to be here uh, on your show. Uh, and I look forward to, to the next hour that we have together. Absolutely. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. But first, tell us something that maybe nobody else knows about you or maybe something you don't always open with. Great. So actually, not a lot of people here uh, know this. Uh, but I grew up on a small farm in the northern part of Israel. It was a very small village. And I grew up as a, as a farm boy, you know, around uh, cows, chicken. Uh, I ran around in the fields. Um, so really, that, my, my childhood was, was, was heaven. Um, and at the age of 10, uh, my family, together with, you know, my sister and I, moved to Palo Alto, to California. So that was a very big change for us, you know, especially for me as a kid, Growing up, you know, from moving, you know, from a farm, you know, in Israel, moving to Palo Alto, uh, to, you know, the heart and, you know, center of innovation and creativity, 
so not a lot of people know that, but um, my, you know, my life for the most part has been, uh, you know, in, in nature and, and, you know, out in the field. And then coming here as a kid uh, was a big, it's a bit, very big part of who I am today. Um, yeah. So tell me about that. So you were on a farm. What drove you guys to move to the U.S. to go to Palo Alto? Um, my father has always been in tech and in business. Uh, he worked for a, for a big high-tech company in Israel. As uh-huh. you know, a lot of companies in Israel, they start with an idea in Israel, uh, and then they uh, move uh, to the U.S. where they uh, market their uh, innovation, their idea. Okay. Uh, my father got an opportunity uh, to be the CFO of a company in, in the Bay Area. Um, and I was very lucky as a kid, you know, to – to learn a whole new world that was out there that I never knew existed. Um, so um, it, it's, you know, and I was very fortunate. Then after that, we moved back to Israel. We lived here in the United States for five years, moved back to Israel. Um, what was your favorite animal on the farm? Mm, that's a good question. Um I would say horses. We used to ride the horses all the time. Uh, I always had two or three dogs. We had cats uh, surrounded by pets all the time. Uh, I had a dog named Pizza. She used to follow me everywhere to class. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> yes, now she's still. I have a picture of her uh, in my apartment here in Miami. Um, you know, so around, surrounded by all uh, different kinds of animals. When you went back to Israel, did you move back to uh, the farm farming community, or were, were you somewhere different? Yes, we moved back to the same uh, farm. Um, I lived there until I was 18, and then I joined the military. You know, it's mandatory. Uh, served for six years in, in the military in the Israeli Special Forces. Uh, I was I was a commander, still I'm on reserve. And uh, so pretty much most of my life has been, has been in Nahalal, in a small village that I grew up in. That's so amazing. And I love that you're able to, like, you know, there, there's something really amazing about seeing both sides of the coin in terms of having more of the rural experience and also the city experience and being able to bring those two pieces together. So... Was your first job, so when you, you lived at the farm until you were 18 and then you went into military, would that, was that your first job that you had? I worked uh, throughout all of high school. I worked uh, nonstop. I worked about 10 to 12 hours a day. My friends uh, used to laugh at me that I'm addicted. Uh, every job that was around that I could do, I did, uh, from working with, you know, uh, in the chicken coop uh, to cow shed. We even now have a collection uh, at Cicada about factory farming. Uh, I'm sure the idea of, of something that we should do about it started back then. Um, um, but that, these were my first jobs. Anything that I could do, I was a carpenter's assistant uh, throughout all of high school, uh, I did. And uh, then the military was, I guess, the first real job uh, that I had. Um, and it was also, it was great. It was, you know, cause at some point I got more and more responsibility. Uh, I was a commander than a, a team, uh, a commander. I finished as a captain. So the responsibility of leading people, um, was my first real uh, job that also gave me the confidence after that and in going into business and, and starting from, from a vision, to, from an idea to building a vision around it and then turning it into, into a company. Yeah, that's pretty you know, I did not realize, you know, 
I know that I've learned this at some point in my past, but I did not realize that it was mandatory in Israel for you to enter the military. And is that at age 18, every young man, or is it at some point based on your age or based on what your academic aspirations are? It is mandatory. Of course, uh, not everybody uh, does the same, has the same role or same position in the military. Um, you can choose to be a combat soldier. Um, obviously, uh, being a commander isn't uh, mandatory. Uh, so you have to really try out uh, and uh, get accepted to, to commander's course and then to officer's course and then to get a team and uh, work your way up. Um, so, of course, you know, joining the military is mandatory for the first uh, three years. I think today is two and a half years. But if you want to make a, a more of an impact, really change things that you think should be changed and affect other people, um, then there's a lot of room for that. And that's what I chose to do. That's pretty, that's incredible. So you moved your way up into, in the, within the service to being mm-hmm. a, a commander. And a, then a you, captain. You're uh, a captain. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So then after those six years of serving in the military, what were your next steps? And how did that prepare you to step out into civilian, the civilian world? Mm-hmm. I always, uh, I knew I wanted to go to college, to go to school. I always knew I wanted to also go to college here in the U.S. Um, so I did get my undergrad in economics at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem in Israel. And then it was time to... Uh, to get my master's. I was already not a kid back then. Uh, you know, you start uh, later in life to go to college. So, so I heard and, 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 you know, a lot of people I, I saw were successful had their MBAs. So I got my MBA and I, uh, in Israel as well. And uh, I, I turned it, you know, it, it, there was an, uh, an option, a possibility to turn into a dual degree here at Indiana University, Kelly School of Business. Uh, so I was very fortunate to also get a second master's here at IU. So I'm proud, proud of who's here now. And, That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, living in the Midwest uh, after living in all these different uh, places uh, was also new to me. Bloomington was amazing. I learned so much about business. I met incredible people from, you know, ex-NFL players to people who worked for McKinsey for five, six years to people who worked for big companies, small companies, entrepreneurs. Um, and that's really where I, where I was inspired to to move on to the next chapter of my life and start my own business. I'm very thankful for for my time at Bloomington and Indiana University. Well, I like what you said that you took your time in in cultivating your education and finding the right course for you. And I know you mentioned that others were doing your MBA, but you already had a knack for business because you had been working in leadership. I mean, you think about all these jobs that you had when you were in high school and that you would work so diligently to learn the craft, whatever that was, and anything you could learn, you were gravitated to, which I think is is pretty incredible. Is there a piece of advice that you can think about when you were there at the Kelly Business School that really was um, influential for you? You said a lot of things. Yeah, so my point is I, I think that your, your upbringing ha- really helped guide you in making your decisions and that going into the military, having that experience in leadership helped you think about, 
you know, business and what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go? But I'm intrigued by once you received your, your degrees in Israel and then you came here, you said you learned a lot while you were um, there at the Kelly Business School. Is there something in particular or someone that was a big influence on you while you were there um, earning an expanded piece of your MBA? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, that you said, you know, some previous experience and, and, and leadership and, and working in different jobs and whatnot. I feel, I, I believe that Kelly really uh, taught me how much or helped me understand how much I still don't know. And even coming out of college, there's still so much you don't know. And even today, to this day, I'm learning new things every day. There's so much that I don't know. And uh, being exposed to such a new world, new culture, new knowledge that I never really had before. At some point, you're getting, you know, even in in the military, you're getting to a position that I felt like I more or less knew what I was doing. I had my first my team and then the company, which which was four teams. Uh, But at some point, it becomes routine. And uh, then, you know, going to school and, and, and getting both education in Israel and then coming here and getting more education. Um, I, it really just opened up my mind to, 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 to adapt, to learn new things and to, 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 to know that there's so much more out there that is still, uh, you know, just, just to be discovered, just to be learned. For sure. And I think that what we, you can think about every season of our life, we have a different piece that, influences how we're learning, what we're doing, how we're interacting with those around us. Um, completely agree. And I do think there is always more to learn. We, we must be continual learners throughout our uh, adult life in order for us to evolve and keep growing. I completely agree with you on that. Is there something, a risk that you took over these past few years that has really paid off? I will say uh, with Cicada, um, we, we uh, didn't want to compromise on uh, the amount of products that we offer and the quality uh, and also how many colors we have in each uh, pair of socks. And uh, that came with a minimum order of 40,000 units. Uh, And that was still back at the idea of wanting to create something, but also uh, taking a lot of credit and uh, not exactly knowing how to pay for it because we didn't have everything, everything figured out as far as marketing, as far as, is, is, you know, what's going to come. So uh, we took a very big risk and started manufacturing uh, or the, you know, we, we promised to start manufacturing after we approved the samples. Uh, and that was, I think, the biggest risk with this company. That was taking uh, a lot of risk as far as the investment uh, without actually knowing when it, when it will, uh, you know, return, when, when we will be able to see a return on it. Uh, that was a, a very big step or very, we just had to go for it. And uh, that was going all in uh, for us. Um, we didn't know who our customers were, uh, what we had to do. And it was like, are we doing this? Am I doing this? Am I taking that risk? Okay, yes, I, I'm doing it. And it's, it's either going to succeed and it's going to be amazing or we're going to figure it out. But sometimes not having a plan B and deciding that it's going to work no matter what, I, I think for, for, this, for this company uh, was definitely a very big risk uh, that I'm very happy that I had the courage uh, to, to take. That's incredible. You know, I like what you said there about that sometimes not having a plan B is is the best option because, I mean, not in every situation, but I think there is something of merit to say there that 
going all in with your gut and, and, and making those choices is why not? I mean, why not take the risk? So let's talk a little bit about uh, Cicada. And so you have graduated from the Kelly Business School. You are journeying into your adult life here with um, finding your career in business. What is Cicada and how did this come to be? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll start by saying that after graduation, I was in a very different business in a different startup in the real estate space, real estate innovation. And uh, I was working on it for two years. Uh, and at some point I felt like I was almost selfish. Like I was doing something that was uh, potentially, you know, uh, creating wealth for myself and, you know, for my family. But I always had that feeling in business that you have to take care of yourself. And uh, it was actually funny because I, we started the business here in Miami and I was doing this back and forth between Miami, Tel Aviv, Miami, Tel Aviv, um, I think 10 times in 2019. I did this back and forth trying to start the business wow. here. Wow. But it was a lot, a lot yeah, of traveling lot. back then. And my friends, you know, back in Israel always asked me to bring something for them from, from the U.S., from America. And uh, one time they asked me to bring happy socks. And they saw how these amazing looking boxes uh, created so much dis discussion, so much excitement uh, you know, I, I brought it back and, 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 and I saw that the patterns, the socks looked amazing. They were in good quality. Uh, but I saw that the patterns were, I don't remember what they were, but pineapples and burger patterns. And I said, why not take this as a platform to talk about things that are important to me that I can actually help also myself, but other people, our customers express what they believe in uh, through the same, you know, a, a concept of, of, of really just, just telling the story, starting conversations. I saw how much this product, this 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 you know thing, this sock created excitement over it. I said, why not take this as a platform and, and and use this to convey a message? So really, that's how the idea started, and it you know evolved to what it is today. So it started because you were traveling from the U.S. to Tel Aviv, and you would bring back to your friends a pair of happy socks. Now, was this because, like, any happy socks, like the socks you found around places, or was it a particular brand that you were taking back? Of course, of course, you know, with, you know, the way I think, I also saw the you know, companies were able to brand around this concept. And, uh, and, and I saw that some companies uh, reached a valuation of, of $80 million. Some of them were able to reach a valuation of $400 million. So I was fascinated by how uh, the brand is such a strong brand. And it started with this out of all different kinds of things you can do, even in fashion, that's how a brand starts. And I was, I was just attracted to, to, to or, or just fascinated by how companies were able to do that. And uh, I think it's great. You know, I think companies were able to do that and, and, and they're doing a great job. And, and, and I look up to, to many companies in this space. I don't see them necessarily as competition. We're trying to use the same platform to talk about things that are important to us. Um, but that's really how the idea started. Okay. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by this, right? Okay. So you have this idea, you're in real estate, you start taking these socks back and you're like, all right, this is pretty cool. There's something to this. I also like that you mentioned that it's a great entry point into the fashion industry. 
and really into building a brand. I, I think that's really very genius. Okay. So what were your next steps? What did you start thinking about? Okay. So I like these socks. I like the brand. It's an entry point. Where did you go next? Um, first of all, I had to build a team. It's actually two teams. The first team is business partners. Mm-hmm. And the second team is the team that can bring this idea to life. Um, I do everything with my father. He's been my business partner for the last four years. Um, we complete each other. We're very different people. He has a lot of experience. He has a lot of knowledge and he's the best executive I know. And, uh, we always, we always invest together 50, 50 in everything. I usually come up with the idea we invest together. And in this particular case with Cicada, uh, we have a third business partner. Um, he's, he's close. He's a family friend and he sells about a billion pairs of socks a year to Walmart, Target, JCPenney. So he was also able to help us with anything from manufacturing to investing together with us. So that was step one, building the right uh, team of of partners. I know that I'm I'm more of, I always have the vision and I always like to be surrounded by people who have done business. Business isn't easy. So as long as you have good people with, uh, you know, the more people with experience that have done business that were able to take an idea and make money from it is, is, is a great, you know, kind of addition or, or a way to complete what I bring to the table. So we, so I put, so I was able to, 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 to put this, you know, to, to find business partners um, to, to start, to get started. And then I looked for, for, for a designer. I want to design socks. I have ideas. So we found a designer and at some point, that wasn't enough, so we, I, I, we found another designer. And then we needed to come up with cool concepts, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But how do we convey a message? How do we bring – we have – for us, the real challenge is that we have two inches to tell a story. It's always, you know, what's between the pants and the shoe to, to tell a story about what we want to talk about. And we need creative folks on the team to tell that story. So I went uh, to the most creative people I know. We went to high school together and I pitched them the idea. They said, it's absolutely nuts, but we love it. Let's do it. And uh, we built a great team around the creative and designers uh, to, to where it is today. So it's to the point that we can talk about things that we want to talk about that are important to us, about causes and issues that we are passionate about, that we believe should be uh, addressed and should be uh, spoken about through that. Um, my favorite statement so far, and we're going to talk more about your mission because that's the, the incredible part of this business, but this is really resonating with me right now. Two inches to tell a story. Um, I, uh, the dog sent me some socks and so I'm showing that, I mean, I'm wearing them today and then I also have them with me and um, I absolutely looking at this sock very differently now that you just because that very specific um, metric has given a new perspective over what you're wanting to share with your purpose and business that is I don't know that's really cool Um, I'm not sure if that's on your website somewhere but it needs to be it needs to be we'll add it to the website yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, that needs to be somewhere to just tell a story. We'll add that. Make sure to add that. Yeah, and especially because you said also, you know, because you've got from the pants to the shoe. Uh, yeah, just really cool. I like the way you put the, all those puzzle pieces together. Put a very good picture in our mind. So, 
when we, um, we're going to take a short break here, but when we come back, I want to talk to Nadav about the, the concept around, well, first of all, you also mentioned something really important, and this is, this is a piece that we often jump over. You said, I built the right team. You had the idea, mm-hmm. you began to put forth your, your, your process of like, you know, what you wanted to, you already saw that there was potential. But before you dove in, you built a team of people around you that could help you be successful. So, so, so important because um, obviously we all have our own strengths and we all bring our own genius to the table. And that's incredible that you had the insight to, to know to build this team. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about where the name came from, because I think that's really cool. I want to talk about the, the purpose-driven parts of your business, because your whole, really your whole business is purpose-driven. And then talk a little bit about the technology that you have um, engaged in using, that you're learning to use, that is cr- continuing to pivot and grow and develop your business. So... Hang tight, everyone. We're going to be right back to talk with uh, Nadav over at the CEO of Cicada about his journey and where it's coming from. And in the meantime, if you'd like to check out more and, and learn more about our show, please visit the Voice America platform and find Coding the Future and see more of the episodes just like this that we are sharing information, action items, and insights all around the beauty of technology. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy. Visit the dotconsulting.co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. Welcome back, everybody, to Coding the Future. I am back with the incredible CEO of Cicada, Nadav, and he is giving us the ins and outs of starting this incredible sock business. 
he was driven to this idea because it was a way for him to find a purpose-filled business, which he mentioned is really important to him. Building wealth for himself and his family, of course, we, we all want to build wealth, but in turn, he wants to build wealth for others as well. So tell us a little bit more. Um, let's dive in a bit to uh, where did the name come from? You, you've begun to cultivate this, this team of partners and support around you as you're building this business. How did y'all come up with the name? The name is actually an interesting story. Um, not a lot of people know what cicada is. Cicada is a bug about the size of AirPods, an AirPod case, um, but it has a very loud voice. It has a, a voice louder than a lion's roar. And us as a company, we have a voice. That's, that's what we want to we wanna be able to, to talk about things we care about. We want to be able to help our customers talk about things they care about. So I was looking for names and I thought of what would be a good name for the company. And uh, I was looking for animals with loud voices, but I wanted something that was small that had a loud voice, something that, was, that people didn't expect that that's where the voice will come from. And we ran into, I Googled uh, top 10 animals with the most loud voice, voices, and that's how, the idea, that's how the idea for the name came up. I love that. And I love that you use Google because it's, it's so our friend these days, right? That's amazing. And oh my goodness, that is in, really is a perfect fit. Because they are so loud. In the South, we hear them very often, very loud. Very loud. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that that's perfect. So, and that fits your mission of wanting to create this purpose-filled business. So, tell me a little bit or tell our listeners about when they go to your website and you have developed these socks, these two inches to tell a story. What, uh, what is the purpose? Where, where are you giving back? And, and give us a, some, mm-hmm. an overview of that piece. So the purpose is really, uh, I'm, I'm splitting this into two parts. The first part and the most important part is to talk about things that are important to talk about, things that should be addressed, issues uh, that are very important to us, ocean waste. We have a collection about COVID, about global warming. Uh, we're now working on a mental health collection that will come out soon. Topics that are very important to us that we want to raise awareness. But I, I believe, we all believe at Cicada that raising awareness is just half of, of, of what we're trying to do. And there's still a hole in our donut. And that's when we said we have to give back to a, a, a nonprofit that, that takes action, that actually does. We are doing our best to raise awareness. Uh, and we will continue to do that with the future collections, with the current collections, with all the products that are um, existing in, on our website and are to come. For every collection, for every pair of socks, that we do, we design about a specific cause and we partner with a nonprofit that we are able to support a dollar out of every pair of socks ordered goes back to that nonprofit, um, which, and, 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 and the vetting process of, of the nonprofits is a big part of what we do. And for each uh, topic, for each cause, I talk to tens of nonprofits to find the ones that are a good fit for our values, uh, that take action, that, you know, that, that do. So I'm, I'm writing down everything that you've said because uh, there was some key words that you mentioned that I think are important. One is, is that you are creating collections 
that have purpose, that have meaning, and that are relevant to what we're experiencing right now. Because you've mentioned now COVID, mental health, which has become a huge part of what we are all weathering through COVID. And then you mentioned that uh, the collection has a cause and that a dollar of each of the socks sold Mm -hmm. goes back to that particular nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then that nonprofit is able to use that to further their mission. To to act, to take action. For example, the Ocean Waste Collection, we partner up with Oceanic Society and their Drifters Project. They cleaned uh, tens of thousands of pounds of plastic from oceans around the world. And we're very happy to support that cause. We're happy to find the nonprofits that take action, that choose to do and that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. We're telling a story. We're telling a story through a collection. We find very creative ways uh, of doing that with the technology that we use, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Um, but uh, from the manufacturing, the poaching collection, I think, is a great example of using technology. We uh, want to talk, for those who don't know what poaching is, it's illegal hunting of animals that are extinct. And we want to tell a story uh, using design but also bring a creative aspect to the design. And that forced us to challenge the technology of, of, of manufacturing, really. And uh, I have it here, uh, an example uh, of how we use the gradient to almost fade away animals that are extinct. Here specifically, we're talking about rhinos. And down at the bottom of the soak, we're showing human footsteps and how they're slowly fading away because of, because of us, because of people. So we're using technology. That was something that the manufacturers, all of uh, which we tried to work with, were very confused at first. How can, you, how can you do that? We had to go to the manufacturers, spend three weeks developing how detailed and specific we want to get with the design of our products. Uh, we use uh, details uh, to the point that almost none of the competition use. Uh, because we had to challenge technology when it comes to manufacturing to tell our story, to, to say what we want to say, and to do it in a creative way that you know, is differentiated from others. So tell me a little bit about that journey, because you mentioned having a designer, and that designer helps sketch out that story. So I'm thinking about, so like you just said with poaching, or with your ocean waste, or COVID, or mental health, do you start with a variety of sketches, and then you begin to think about what you really want that in? Because even in the box of socks that I received, um, we're all around o- the ocean waste um, uh, mm-hmm. process, and mm-hmm. each one of them is different and tells a different story. We always we always start with a cause. That's what we start with. We okay. want to talk about ocean waste. We want to talk about factory farming. We want to talk about COVID-19. And then we sit down and we, you know, via Zoom, because uh, as I said, the company was founded via Zoom. We sit and we think, what is the best way to tell the story? What is the most creative, out-of-the-box way to tell a story? For example, with the um, uh, global warming collection, we wanted to have a collection about the fact that the glaciers are melting and we said, why not have the New York skyline underwater and then add a polar bear over it on a glacier, uh, eating fish over the New York skyline. Um, so we, cut, we start with the idea. We start with saying, okay, there's a cause, there's an issue that needs to be addressed, that is important to us, that has to be addressed. And then we're trying to think, what 
is a story that we can tell throughout a collection, that each sock is finding a different way to talk about the same cause uh, that, is, that needs to be addressed, but from a different angle, from a different perspective. And then we use the technology of, of from design to manufacturing to bring that to life. And then we have iterations. We usually have a few iterations. The first ones are uh, good, sometimes good start. Sometimes we had to throw out uh, entire collections because they weren't able to convey a message. Uh, sometimes we had a great design with a great story, but they weren't able to manufacture exactly as we wanted. And then we had to go down and to the finest detail of how to manufacture and challenge the technology. Every time we manufacture, we always say there's, there has to be a solution. This is what we want to do. There has to be a solution uh, to, to make it work, to tell, to be able to bring that to life. And uh, it took a long time to work, to manufacture, to understand what can be done. I don't like to say what can't be done. It's just how, much time it will take to make it happen. And uh, I hope, I think that, you know, our current products, I'm very happy with them. I'm very happy to wear our products all the time, uh, our socks. Um, I was happy to send you a collection, uh, one of my favorite collections before this interview. Yeah, I love them. They're, and they're very great. They're great quality. And again, the colors are good. You can, you can tell the story. And what I am most excited awesome. about, because you've seen me like cheering in the air already, because we are recording this on Zoom, but you know, I have a passion for tech and I have a passion for using technology to solve problems. We are often, uh, I think, get frozen in our own fear that we can't do something. We're not technologists. We don't know what to do with it. But what you have stated, and you've stated it several times, which has really just made me do a high, a raise the roof hands in the air, wave them like you care, um, is that you said there's not a challenge you can't figure out. How can you make the technology do the fade out? And that comes down to, I'm sure it's calibration. It's how the software is programmed. It is confirming that um, each of, you have to create the right algorithm and, and repeat that as a mm -hmm. function so that each time these socks are produced, they're at the same quality. And you said that even if you know it's a challenge and it usually just takes some time. Have, and, and you also mentioned, mentioned failing, you know, in terms of failing until oh. you got it right. Uh, it's one of the things you have to know as an entrepreneur to, to be ready to fail a thousand times. Oh, uh, yes. And it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. As a company, I say we fail. For every time we do something right, we fail about 10 times. It's part of the, I don't see it as feeling. It's, it's learning. We're learning. We're getting better. We're just learning more and more things we can do that we didn't know how to do before. Um, you know, in the beginning, we, we insisted on working with organic cotton. They said, you can't do organic cotton with, with your product if you want to use seven colors in one sock. You can't do that. It's like, what do you mean you can't do that? I want to use organic cotton. Let's see how we use organic cotton here. And then, again, it, it's part of the same process. They send us samples. They take out four out of the seven colors that we initially wanted to work with. We said, doesn't work that way. We have to use all seven. We had to train uh, our designers to work on the same software as, or the same, you know, same uh, uh, software that the they use uh, when they manufacture. Um, mm -hmm. You have to go into the, uh, all the details to 
learn how to do it. And then there's always a solution. Uh, that's what I believe. Um, and there has, I believe there's always a way around. If this is not the right way, there's going to be a right way. Uh, you know, marketing and technology, uh, where we're uh, at the current stage, we're uh, learning new things, we're using new tools every day for that as well. Um, that's even more than anything, trying and failing and marketing is you have to try and see what works for you and what doesn't work for you as a brand, as a company. Every day, try to see where the value is and how to get there um, to answer your question. It was a great answer and I love it because that's exactly the truth. And I like that you also mentioned that it, it's not necessarily failing. We use that word as an, in a negative uh, tone, but really it's like you said, you're getting to the right product, the right method, the right way to incorporate. I'm curious to know in, in, in terms of tech, has there been a piece of technology or software that's been a steadfast for you throughout all of your career that you have always fallen back on to use for learning for, you know, any, any piece uh, of, of your career thus far? I'm, I'm thinking of so many that I can't point on one and say, this is what helped me out the most. I, I have to learn a new software every day, almost. Um, whether it's uh, whether it's for marketing, whether it's to find influencers, whether it's to market on Snapchat, to start uh, a brand ambassador affiliate program, and, and and integrate that on our Shopify website. If I had to choose, I don't. It's it's a difficult question to choose one because there's so many so many software, so many apps that I have to learn that we all have to learn as a company every day to be in business. I don't think you can, it just, I don't, I don't think it exists. You have to, again, you know, in the end, you, at the end of the uh, uh, day, you have your service or your product or whatever it is that you bring value, but you have to bring that uh, to, to people and create, uh, and create traffic and bring people to your website and raise brand awareness. And that can't be done in 2020 without using technology. To, to answer your question, Yes, every day, a new software, we use uh, everything we can to be in business. And the second we stop trying to learn new softwares and new skills, I believe that's when we'll stop being in business. Um, you know, that makes me happy because I think that walking through learning new pieces and, and you, you are spot on in, in terms of saying that new tech happens literally every day and there's a new piece that or there's a new problem or a new uh, situation that occurs where you can potentially use technology to help solve the problem interact with it you know for me if I think about some of the technologies that influenced you know my world one has always been the Microsoft suite Excel PowerPoint using those just base software pieces um, and then taking that skill set and merging it into other pieces that would come along that would be in competition you know taking it to that next level um but the core of what y'all heard you say is that no matter what the tech is, you take the time to figure out how to use it and what problem it's going to help you solve or use it to help make your life easier. Mm -hmm. It starts with a problem. It starts with a problem that you still don't know how to solve. And then you find the right tech solution to solve that problem. And 99% of the time, there's a solution out there. 
And 1% of the time, you have to come up with the, the solution that wasn't there before. And that's how new ideas come to this world. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I, I've had a couple of conversations with some of my other colleagues, and we will say this often, that it really is the problem. And then you find the tech piece that goes with it. Problem or, or maybe it's just something you, you want to do. Maybe it's not so much a problem, but it's something that would make your life a little easier to use, right? You know, in, in, some, in some capacity that um, would enable you to do your business better, would enable you to market better, et cetera. And, and I know for, for me, I am a smidge older than you are, um, but I have to really take the time to learn the process and the tech and the algorithms behind social media because I did not grow up a native to that. So every day I'm learning some new process or understanding how to better navigate the social media platform in order to help grow my own business. You know, I run a nonprofit um, and a consulting business, which I've mentioned, but in the nonprofit in particular, I, I do a nonprofit that supports girls in computer science. We have to market to our girls and where are they? And we also have to market to our parents. So finding the right niche of that and knowing what that looks like is a daily a daily adventure, to say the least. Like you said, building something on Snapchat or doing something on Instagram is, uh, is all a part of it. So you're running your business out of Miami right now. Mm-hmm. Where do you see this business in five years? It's a great question. It's, it's a great question because it's, it's a lot of what we're dealing with. And uh, we're in business to make an impact. I want to be able to make more and more impact every, every year. Every day we're in business. I want to see us as a business making more impact. But more than anything, I want to see us as a company, as a brand in five years, fully engaged with our customers, meaning that our customers can choose anything from a new topic for discussion that is important to them, and they leave it us to the creative team to make a, a product out of their idea to actually choosing where the money goes to, what foundations, what nonprofits they support. Um, this is really, as a brand, I want to see us evolve to the point that we can be fully engaged with our customers and our customers can be fully engaged with us as a brand. And they can help us grow with their ideas because I always find that when I'm thinking alone, I can come up with so many uh, solutions, not so many, but when we're a team, we come up with so many more solutions or, you know, uh, ideas um, than, than we did, you know, than if it was just me. So if we can bring our customers t- to the table, to the designer table, to the drawing table, to the drawing board, to, to help us shape where this company is going, um, I believe that that's, that's exactly where I want to be in five years. And we're in business, so I want to be a, a big brand in five years. I want to be a $100 million brand or more in five years. I hope we can do that. I think you're on the right path. And I think that you, when you say it, you, it's going to happen. You put it in the universe. And I believe that everything you're doing is on the right track because at the core, you have made this about not only building wealth and a business for yourself and for your partners, but for the betterment of the community. And as I mentioned before, it's a purpose-driven business. You have a purpose, you know what you want to do, and you want to bring the community to be a part of what you're doing. And I think that is tremendous. And my hat's off to you because what an amazing accomplishment that you have already done thus far. As we're 
thinking about uh, coming to the end of our conversation, I, I really would love to share, love for you to share a couple of pieces of advice that you could give our listeners in terms of thinking about if they're interested in a business, if they're interested in even just making that next step in their career. What are two pieces of advice that you would give our listeners right now? Two pieces of advice. Maybe I'll say three pieces of you advice. You can go three. It's hard That's to- fine with me. I can- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I think the uh, first and uh, most important piece of advice that I can give is not be afraid to take risk. Is just deciding that you want to do something and just go for it. And it's great to have a plan. And it's very important, by the way, to have a plan. You can't work without a plan. But it's also very important to um, make sure that you can change it as the reality sometimes hits you in the face. Sometimes you start a company and then a global pandemic starts. And then you have to stop, reassess, and, and, and continue. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're, you know, you have to be. So that's, I will take that and, you know, take a risk, but also always be ready to learn and always, always be ready to, to adapt, to, to, to be fluid and to adapt to, with your idea to the market um, and, uh, listen, listen to, to good advice, uh, not any advice, but to good advice, uh, is also very important. And, uh, maybe one last piece of advice that I've learned is that the way I look at the world right now is that everything is an investment from, you know, talking to, uh, people, it's an investment in helping me get to where I want to get to. It's not, I'm not spending money anymore. I'm just investing. Um, I don't see that as, as spending. It's always an investment that I want to see a return on it uh, in business. And I think the best investment that we've uh, done so far is in people, is, is, is who we choose to work with on our team. Um, and it's, it's, it's a long-term investment, but it's the one that gets the most, the most return because um, identifying the right people to walk this journey with is, uh, is, is the best investment that I've, uh, that I've done with, with our team currently right now. Um, so these are the lessons that I've learned from my time in business. I love each of those. I love that you mentioned that you're not spending money, that you're investing. And I think that's a really good piece of advice and an action item that I'll put forth to our listeners to think about when you're, if you are in business or if you are in a corporate situation and you think about the time or effort or financial piece, to think about it differently as an investment in yourself, in the company, in the growth of the company, of it moving forward, instead of always, because sometimes that financial piece can seem negative. Again, it's a negative mindset if we in turn uh, that's really important i like the way you said that it's an investment versus spending money it's a way to and here's the thing if the investment turns out that it wasn't as lucrative as you thought you learned from that and you can move on to the next concept tell everyone where they can find out and purchase your socks because i want everybody to have a pair or three mm. Great. So uh, on our website, it's www.wearecicada.com. Cicada with, a, with two C's, C-I-C-A-D-A. Uh, wearecicada.com. Uh, you're welcome to uh, purchase uh, holiday gifts uh, for yourself, for your loved ones, 
Uh, we'd love to have you as our customers. We'd love to hear from you, uh, your feedback, your ideas for future collections. Uh, there's also a place where you can fill out a form and help us come up with new ideas. Uh, we always give a discount code if you come up with any idea. Uh, we really appreciate that. And you're more than welcome to uh, reach out to me personally with anything. I read all my emails. I uh, love feedback. I want to hear you. Uh, so uh, you can always reach reach out to me uh, at Nadav, N-A-D-A-V, at wearecicada.com. These two options are very good to, to reach out. And please reach out. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. I think that's awesome because I think you're going to get a lot of ideas that are going to come your way. And is there a plat on social media? How do people follow you on social media? Cicada Voice on Instagram. Cicada Voice on Instagram. Cicada Sock okay. on Facebook. Okay. So basically you type in Cicada, you're going to find something with socks. Cicada Socks, you'll find Cicada Voice Wonderful. on Instagram is the best way to find us. Thank you so, so much for your time today, for coming and, and discussing your journey, sharing your insights, show it, t- talking to us about how you have taken a risk and you are walking the walk. It's um, an incredible story and one of inspiration for those of us that would love to follow in your footsteps and continue to grow our own businesses, our own careers, and find our own spot in this wonderful melting pot of product, marketing, tech, business, and all that is that drives our careers. We thank everybody for joining us today on this episode of Coding the Future. If you would like to purchase a sock, go to wearecicada.com and buy one, two, three, buy some for your family. Remember, a dollar of every purchase of the collections goes back to the amazing nonprofits that they are supporting. It's an amazing mission and will help change the lives of the people that are involved in their nonprofits and beyond. And uh, please, if you have enjoyed this time with us today, please subscribe and share this information with others. And thank you for being with us today on the Voice America Network and Coding the Future. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.